0: Hey everybody, this is Rob Liefeld. You are listening to another edition of Observations, the comic book superhero pop culture podcast for the ages. Um, anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode today. I am coming to you from New York City. We are on the road. Um, have Blue Yeti mic and travel. Okay. That's my motto. And, uh, and I am. And, uh, we are in, in uh, I, I'm back in New York for the first time in over two years. This is one of the last shows I did before the pandemic, and it's great to be back in this amazing city um, overlooking all these skyscrapers and the beautiful skyline, and just so thrilled to be uh, to, to, to be back here. I'm in town for the New York Comic Con, going to have a lot of fun while we're here, uh, East Coast fans are always my entire career. I mean, it is without fail thirty-four years. The most ebullient, the most fun. Um, always great energy. Always great fun. Uh, you know, I'm just just excited to get back because because uh, twenty-four months is a long time, and it's been a long time. So it's it's great. And so today's episode finds me uh, in a new venue, uh, possibly new acoustics. So bear with me. As we uh, as we put it all together, it, it, again, I've lost track of exactly how many signings uh, 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 conventions I've done, but uh, in my in my career, um, I will tell you a very funny conve- uh, convention story from my first uh, young Robbie Liefeld was only a few issues into Hawk and Dove drawing it, which is in 1987. And the first issue I think was coming out. I really didn't have a giant published body of work other than maybe two short stories at the time, and uh, so 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 uh, uh, a convention in uh, in Quebec had asked me to um, to attend, um, and I said, you know, uh, okay, I'll, I'll 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 come, I'll I'll come. And, uh, you know, accepted it from the, the, the convention here. And they made my travel plans. And the day that I left for the uh, convention, because I remember distinctly, my dad dropped me off at LAX uh, to travel to this weekend convention. So it's like a Thursday, you know, afternoon. And uh, I remembered in the car that I had forgotten my wallet and I had no other form of ID and I, honestly, I can't believe the way this story rolls out. But um, the the so I get on my plane, um, I land in Canada, and um, I, I inform somebody. I said, you know, I don't, I don't have my ID, and they're like, oh, you need to go see, you know, the customs agents. And so I get up to the you know window. In case you want to know what happens when you can't clear that window and you don't have your passport and you don't have your ID, they like like what you don't have. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I I got on the plane without it, and I'm 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 here for a convention. And they uh, took me into a side office in in a series of, of offices. And uh, this man with a French accent, honestly, and I'm going to tell you to this day, very handsome guy, very super handsome, uh, goatee, black goatee, slick black hair, probably 38 at the time. I'm I'm. 20, maybe I'm 20 in 1987, yeah I'm 20 Um, 2021 oldest so you know I'm an, adult, I'm an adult I figure I have my act together except I got on this plane without any ID <laughs> so uh, this is the best And uh, and the guy is completely like arms folded steam coming out of his nostrils scowling at me the entire time who are you why do you come to this country with no identification and i'm like uh, uh i i'm sorry sir i i live in you know orange county california i i just i don't i don't have my id I, I i in haste forgot it um are you selling drugs is this why are you are you a drug dealer please it will go easier now if you just tell us that you are a drug dealer and I, said, <laughs> I said, "I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not even done drugs." I go, "Come on, man. Just, just let me. Just come on, just let me do my thing. Let me go to my comic convention. I draw comic books. I draw pictures. I could draw something for you." I was, I was not being flippant. I was just trying to be enthusiastic. And he just scowled and said, "Monsieur, I do not know how you think you are going to get around, but I suspect you are a drug dealer." And I said, I, "I'm not a drug dealer." I, I I'm not a drug dealer. You can check everything. And uh, he assured me that they would be, in fact, checking my bags once I identified them. Uh, I sat in his office. He then left the office, and I sat in the office for over an hour. Um, I was supposed to make my own way to the hotel, but uh, you know, so there wasn't a car or a service or anyone from the show, you know, an assistant or anything picking me up. So I'm I'm you know I'm just by you know. Biding my time waiting like I wonder if I'm even get through here. Am I going to jail? Like again, this is I'm I my life experience is not high at this moment. Um pretty grew up in a pretty, you know, contained bubble in Orange County. And now as I'm spreading my wings and flying, I find myself detained (laughs) and not able to get into the destination of my of my uh, convention. So he then comes in and says, Where did you grow up? It will go easier on you. And I go, okay. And he, and, and, and he just goes, I, I just, I, I can't believe you do not have any form of identity. I said, dude, I, I, you can check me right here. I don't have any form of identification. And, uh, t- you know, tells ask me, you know, how could I do this? Um, you know, I, I say, look, call the people in the show. You know, here's the number. They can verify this. Um, I, I am a guest, um, and then he says, Rubbley Feld, how, how many, you know, I don't know what you look like, you could be using another name, I said, dude, a- again, and this is the time in comics, there's no wizard magazine or, or a comic book that, you know, used your picture, so I was literally sweating bullets, and this is going, you know, north of 90 Minutes, Heading towards two full hours And he finally comes in And he leans forward and he says You are a mess (laughs) Uh, And he says "Uh, You are a mess And uh, I am going to release you And there's this dramatic pause But getting back Into your country Is not my problem And I said "Uh, What does that mean? he goes you may go for now, but coming back, that is, that is your difficulty. And I said, okay, well, thank you. And he says, you may go. And so they cleared me. I went to my baggage. I got my bags, and I got a cab, and I went to this heavily um, French part of the town. I did not have an ID checking in. As you can see, this became kind of a problem for me all week. Now here's here's the thing. I'm gonna do one of those. Um, I'm gonna do a protective uh, uh, measure here. I Okay, I will actually there there are so many grants in comics. There are so many grants that um, my phone rings what once I am up in the uh, once I am up in my room and uh, you know now it's Friday evening or Thursday, th- Thursday evening, and the show is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and and uh, I get a call, and a gentleman named Grant says, this is Rob Liefeld. I said, yes, yes. I thought it was somebody from the show. He's like, hey, I'm a guest here at the show too. How, how about we hang out? How about we grab dinner? And I, I said, okay. I don't know Grant, but I wander off and meet Grant in the lobby. And again, Grant draws, makes produces comics. And so, uh, again, the, the name, I'm not telling you if it's a first name or a last name, but the, 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 the the code name is Grant. And, uh, he proceeds almost every word out of his mouth, um, for the entire duration of our meal, our walk to the meal, our walk back. And then he wants to come up into the hotel room and, and look at, you know, work and stuff, because I had a few pages with me, he proceeds to tell me the entire time about how I'm not very good. He's much, much better than I am. And and it's, it's said like this, like while he's chomping his steak, while he's chomping his steak, it's said like this. I, look, look, I, you know, I I, I don't know how you you, 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 you know, what method, you know, you're in the business, you know, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of your work, but I mean, this is how I do it. And this is how I think things should be done. And I mean, you're just not doing it the right way. And I mean, I, I, I can, I can see, you know, a lot of, of what you're struggling with. And, uh, but, but, you know, this is how I do it. And, 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 and this is how I think it should be done. And you're not doing it the right way, you know? And um, very, very, very just shy of belligerent to the point where I'm like, I just want to go home and put a pillow over my head and uh, it, it, back to my bedroom and just, and just sleep. Okay. But I have entertained Mr. Mr. Mystery Grant is it Grant? Is Grant his first name? Is Grant his last name? I'm not going to tell you, but, uh, so I, I go back up to just draw some, uh, some, some pages, you know, knock out a couple pages, uh, right now, just for, for instance, last night, uh, got into our hotel room here in New York city. I crashed for two hours after sleeping most of the flight. It was a really early flight, uh, and, uh, you know, left the house at 4 a.m. flight took off. 7 a.m. So f- f- just slept most of the time, c- came here, crashed. My wife and some friends went out. I woke up, went in, got a burger, came back, watched the ball game. There was a Dodgers-Cardinals game uh, on last night that was a just a nail-biter down to the end. Um, congratulations to the Cardinals for a great season. That was a tight game. Uh, Dodgers, you know, win it uh, with, with a walk-off home run. Taylor knocked it out. Awesome. Okay, so I, uh, during that time, pulled out a page last night, and the, uh, you know, uh, innings one through four, I was not uh, drawing, but innings five through the end of the game, nine, bottom of the ninth, I was uh, uh, inking a couple panels, because I like to work in my hotel room, I always have, and that can be in a hotel, a hotel room in uh, Maui, it can be in a villa in Italy, it can be in the mountains, uh, it, anywhere. I, I, I love to draw in different locales. Uh, the if these hotel rooms could talk, right? And and so so you know when we got back with, with me and my buddy in uh, in, in this uh, from this night out it, it, meeting each other again. This is this is cold. I've never met this guy. Uh, we and, and I'm drawing. And and he just goes, yeah, yeah. So you got any you got any new work? You got any new work? I mean, uh, kind of an invader of private space, maybe a little too close, maybe sitting a little too comfortably on the couch in the bed in my in my hotel room. But uh, repeatedly, and then he's showing me his work. And here's the deal: there's lots of different artists, and there's lots of different approaches, and there's lots of different styles. This this guy's work was just not my cup of tea, nor would it ever grow to be my cup of tea. And, uh, but he definitely was, I don't know if it was a forced mentorship. I mean, he appeared to be about seven, eight years older, mid thirties than I was. So maybe 10 years, a full 10 years. Again, I'm 20. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 he just, uh, won't go further into the appearance to, as, as to correctly identify this person, but just, it felt like I was being scolded nonstop about my work and my work. I think Hawk and Dove one was out. Okay, so uh, it, it, it it's possible, you know, it, it, I I do I don't remember if Hawk and Dove was out, but I had drawn Hawk and Dove one and 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 possibly two. So so I had I had pages from those issues, and I was really I got to be honest, for a couple years there, Hawk and Dove two was a book I I might have been my favorite comic I'd ever drawn it was the perfect balance of action and uh and, and good character and drama moments and I loved the uh, storytelling I love the pacing um if you look at the inks on Hawk and Dove 2 I will tell you it is the most faithful that Carl and I meshed the entire time those were my fullest richest best quality pencils that I had produced uh during the book uh issue three was breakdowns then issues four and five are back to full pencils um but issue two just certain issues just saying i love it i loved hawk and dev number one as well uh i I put a tremendous amount of time in it we hadn't messed yet Uh, uh there are a lot of different um just stylistically faces uh the big talk between issues and this is what happens and every penciler and anchor has had this conversation um and and some as i went further down my career, and, and the, the brief period towards the late 80s when I would kind of work with my last inkers who would actually ink my faces, cause sidebar, one of the things you may not, or not know, known, even at Extreme Studios, when a guy like a Danny Mickey or a John Sabal would ink my work, I am inking my faces. Uh, giant faces of Shaft or, or um, you know, uh, 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 Bad Rock or, or Vogue or um, Troll, or, all those faces were inked by my quill. I would always ask them to leave me those. If I didn't ink them prior to handing them the page, I would ink them afterwards. And so some of those pages, especially the giant, you know, where there's three bust shots and, and, and there's giant heads. I mean, a, a Danny Mickey or, a, uh, or a, a Jonathan Sabal would have inked like the neck down and 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 then you know I'm the the faces which make up seventy five percent of that page. So so I was still doing a tremendous amount of inking. Inking is the most personal. Uh, faces are the most personal interaction you have with your reader. Is is the faces, the expressions, the look, the style, the dynamic. So I've never wanted to lose that. Uh, in recent years, whether it's Deadpool, Bad Blood, whether it was Major X, I'm still doing that. I'm still inking my faces um, because it's just it's um something that if you are able to do and can do most artists want to do and so I do do it and so in between on Hawk and Dev 1 I felt like the faces didn't reflect me maybe 50% of the book Uh, but by issue 2 I am telling you Carl and I were singing it was so great Carl actually inked a page in uh, Snake Eyes Dead Game 5 and it was a thing of beauty. It was just a perfect click. He was so honoring of my work while still putting on his beautiful sheen. But when I was saying in the um when when, when, when like a uh, like a guy like Joe Rubenstein, great anchor inked, uh, great runs on Captain America over John Byrne, Avengers, George Perez. Uh, you saw him on uh, George Perez on Infinity Gauntlet. He inked Ron Lim. Um, he's Ink the greats. He's, he's one of the top inkers of all time. He would call me up and go, so how do you want me to approach this? Is there an approach that you'd like with faces? A lot a lot of inkers and pencilers have those conversations. Again, once 1990 hit, I kind of started inking my own work and I didn't have to have those conversations any further um, other than something like a Snake Eyes Dead game when I am actually inviting other people to jam on top of me and saying, do whatever you want. I've done this for 34 years now. I'm comfortable. You know, Go have at it. But this entire, you know, subject I'm discussing is the period of my career where I'm trying to find my footing. But I'm very happy with the work. And I know exactly what I'm, you know, going for. I will always, you know, early uh, generation Art Adams was was somebody I really wanted to soar with. Um, I wanted to implement so much of what he was doing soar s-o-a-r like fly with with his influence I just and uh and and that that came down to the crispness of the inks just everything but but I had you know Paul Smith and John Byrne and George Perez and Walt Simonson and Jack Kirby and all these different influences in my work as well but this guy is telling I couldn't tell you who influenced this guy he has a very uh very deliberate style but it was not one that was appealing to me but he was he spent the entire evening telling me uh you know how to uh how to 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 i should be producing my work and uh i i will maintain that my path was a good path i made good choices and i ultimately succeeded sticking to my guns okay artistically because again none of this happens unless people like my drawings okay that that's what was the ticket to the dance and the extended you know career uh the next morning the 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 mystery grant wants to have breakfast, and I I say, hey, I'm not going to have breakfast, I'm going to just hang up here, and he says, well, maybe I can come up, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, and uh, that then turned the ire against me to the point where, at the show, and I'm new, I don't remember what other guests there were, but um, they had kind of positioned us near each other, and this guy is trash-talking me the entire time, now he's talking of me as a, as a, as a person, and because I did not have breakfast and because I did not, um, you know, spend more time with him uh, Friday morning than I did all of Thursday evening, I was now the bad guy. I was, um, you know, arrogant, um, punk, and uh, his ire was turned towards me. Physically, this person was much uh, taller than me as well, but more physically intimidating. It, 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 it certainly a more physical in, in, intimidating presence than my own but that was wild okay and then you're like well how would you get back well i fi- i left um so the rest of the convention i'm just doing sketches for people and signing the, the few books that i have out like i said i i, I had a backup story in warlord i had a, a a segment in uh in marvel comics handbook and i had a uh, I had a uh, segment in uh in secret origins those had been published so, you know, I've got probably 60 pages worth of work out there, maybe a cover on Checkmate, a cover on Tales of the Titans, um, uh, you know, and, and some independent work that I had done, but but not a giant body of work. And the great thing is when you know, especially back then, you knew that fans liked your work when they were chasing down, like giving you your Marvel Universe handbook entry and go, hey, I noticed you, you're a new guy. I still do it. I'm looking for new guys all the time. It is, it is you're always looking for the next guy that maybe he's going to set the pace. And so I I was honored that that there were people just with my small body of work who were coming up and having that signed by me. Well, uh, uh, show wraps. Me and Grant aren't talking anymore after our Thursday night where he literally told me how bad I was doing things. Shouldn't do them that way. I should do it his way, this person I've never met before. Um, and and he kept showing me his own work, like, do it this way, which would then make me just doing what he was doing, which didn't make sense to me. It was very weird. I've never had another encounter quite like this one. I decide, so I get to uh, 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 the the airport, and I tell my sad song that I've been here for a convention. Now I have flyers with my name on it. I have all this stuff, and I say, you know, everything goes much easier. The French guy that busted my balls for two hours is not you know involved anymore they let me pass when i get to lax i plead my same case i make it through and i get home but that interrogation and detention that i had for two hours when i landed on thursday was like that that is an experience you never quite ever shake and forget into this day you know so my, my, i always uh hound my kids about their passports when we when we go around because i remember you know uh, in, in, uh, Inspector Cluso busting, just straight up bust my ass. Man, he was one handsome dude, great cheekbones, good looking guy. Um, just cracked me. Just, just was, was cracking on me, and I was lucky to be released. And then with the threat, like you're on your own. Good luck getting home. Good luck. You know what? What happens to you now is 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 your difficulty. Is a statement. I will never forget. So I don't have to deal with that here in New York City. But convention stories are fun, right? They're fun. <laughs> I made it home, and note to self, never, ever leave without your ID. That's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Um, Today, what I wanted to discuss with you guys, because, again, you know how much, uh, what a big deal Star Wars is to me. Star Wars. It's a big deal to you guys now, too, because it's culturally being passed down. Do I have any doubt that my son, when he starts a family, will pass Star Wars down to his family? No, and the great thing is it'll be there. Um, It'll be there for him to do so. Um, suddenly, we're getting a little more in the in the way of the Star Wars universe. Um, it was just the Mandalorian seasons, which was great. Uh, obviously, there was Clone Wars that wrapped up. The Bad Batch was fun. I am uh, always in. It just seems like the amount of Marvel stuff, which was I guess backed up in the pipeline. But to get the WandaVision, the the the, the Falcon, you know, Winter Soldier, the the uh, the 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 Loki. The what if? I mean, it is just boom, 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 boom. I mean, uh, just an outpouring of content, and 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 the Mandalorian to me, which has been the finest execution of Star Wars uh, in the last five years. And and I do, I, I, you know, I knew what I was looking for in terms of an answer. And I talked to another industry buddy of mine the other day, and did not reveal what I was looking for. I hid. You know, I'm just blindly asking. I said, "Is there something that you've liked and reevaluated over the years?" Because. The, the reason why I figured the answer would be Star Wars, not just—it could have been anything. Um, we have a lot of different interests. We're not Star Wars obsessed. But I just feel like we've all um, viewed these films differently over the years. Force Awakens was welcomed with just this complete— um, the warmest of hugs, and the biggest of embraces. And then it almost seemed immediately to be reassessed. And then The Last Jedi, and then Rise of Skywalker, and and Rogue One. And and I've I've heard wild opinions which c- cross the spectrum. But I'm just telling you, my, and my buddy did say, oh, the, the stuff that I reevaluate constantly is any of the Star Wars products, which is, is weird, because I just remember starving for this stuff as a kid, and that kid still lives inside of me, so I'm excited. When I get new stuff, Star Wars Visions came out two weeks ago. The animated stuff done by all these different um, um, studios, uh, animation studios overseas. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure most of them were of the Japanese um, studios. I didn't follow every single credit, so forgive me, but I loved it. I watched each of the shorts multiple times. It was so exciting. I was thrilled. I was completely and, and totally just blown away by the content, Um, lots of Sith Lords and Jedis and cool different iterations and so it's getting, my, it's getting me pumped, and I'm ready for whenever the Book of Boba Fett arrives, which is maybe now December, but it feels like it's going to crack it open, and we're going to get Andor, and we're going to get uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we're going to get a, a ton of Star Wars stuff. But it, there's an interesting time that occurred in 2013, and I want to discuss this today because I was able to in 1999, and I'm not really sure why, but being as Star Wars, as completely Star Wars obsessed as I am, I finally came upon an early draft, an early draft of uh, of, of the original Star Wars um, draft that that um, George Lucas had had crafted, which was called again. And the screenplay says this: "The Star Wars." So let's talk about the Star Wars. What is the Star Wars? That's the Star Wars is actually, in my mind, just as cool, if not cooler, than everything that we eventually got. It certainly looks a little different, and the look and the feel of it is the thing I dig the most. But what the Star Wars is is the earliest possible draft that George Lucas uh, created when he was formulating what would eventually become the nineteen seventy seven Star Wars film that we would all consume and enjoy. So, in this film, uh, the 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 overarching story, if it's just to lay that out at the start is uh it, it it has some similarities to what we saw in 1977 but the Star Wars the original draft and again in 1999 I got my hands on one it's all printed on yellow paper I love it um if, if I ever met George Lucas I would have him sign it uh the the uh the the plot of of this uh is is as follows okay they're called the Jedi Bendu in this. He he doesn't cut off the Bendu until later drafts. B E N D U Jedi hyphen Bendu, and uh, they are uh, they they have um, you know personal bodyguards, and and they are the personal bodyguards, having been the personal bodyguards to the benevolent Emperor, and it's been they've been doing this for over a hundred thousand years. It's established. And the villainous Knights of the Sith have not risen yet. And our story in The Star Wars uh, features a young Anakin Starkiller. Because uh, some of you guys, you'll be like, of course, of course. Because so many people are versed in this now. Um, But Anakin Starkiller, not Skywalker. And and Anakin Starkiller is the son of former Jedi Bendu Cain Starkiller. Okay? So, so he is the son of a former Jedi Kane star Starkiller. They leave their home of Utapau. Utapau. In the Kessel system, see some familiar stuff here, for Aquilae. A-Q-U-I-L-A-E. Aquilae. A planet which is still independent from the new Galactic Empire. Um, in the finished, you know, 1977 episode four Star Wars, the original, um... Obi-Wan Kenobi is was playing the part of the elder here. But here we have an older uh, Luke Skywalker who is uh, here. So Luke Skywalker is here to teach Anakin Starkiller. Um, Aqualay is the home of Princess Leia. And she's been targeted by the Empire for conquest and the planet uh, because it has, wait for it, advanced cloning tech. And uh, the king uh, of Aquile learns of this plot, and uh, from one of his many spies, Cleeg Whitson, and he's an operative of the Imperial capital planet of Alderaan. And in defense of this world, the Aquilan king attacks the Empire's space fortress, and a pair of droids crash down into the uh, Jundlin waste. So the Jundlin Waste, which is features kind of our Tatooine, uh, uh, you know, um, section of, of this story. Uh, the king dies and uh, Princess Leia uh, inherits, you know, the role and, and, and now becomes the target for the, the um, empire. And, and uh, Anakin Starkiller is a Padawan. Luke Skywalker who is much older here we're going to get to the visuals the pair travel to protect the princess Uh, they rescue her and they lead her through the wastes of Jundlin to a spaceport town of Gordon and they meet Han Solo except not the Han Solo that you and I know not Harrison Ford not a gunslinging cowboy which is the motif that best kind of suits him Uh, in this the Star Wars Solo is a reptile. Uh, he's a tall Ewelian, and he has a reputation for hunting Wookies on their home planet of Yavin. Now let, let's get back to the visual representation because I'm going to talk to you about how Anakin and how Luke Skywalker look. They look like they came out of Jack Kirby's Fourth World. In this, in 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 all the sketches done by Ralph McQuarrie and 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 the rest of the team. Joe Johnston who was who was one of the visualists um, back at that time. they have headgear all of them have kind of uh, light ray orion um, the kind of headgear that I gave shaft in in, uh, in young blood full you know pull over your mask your hair comes out on the top um, you know ear ear muffs or, you know uh, ear coverings they've got straps. And and multiple straps and and uh, and goggles and they've got kind of uh, uh, you know uh, shoulder breastplates. They're they're in this kind of form of armor meets you know gear, much more gear. N- nothing like you know what Luke would eventually uh, look like. But uh, whether it's Anakin, Starkiller. Kane, Starkiller, Luke Skywalker—they are all dressed much differently than when you see characters appear in the Star Wars film. The visual representation of this film is fantastic. Now, the uh, the the uh, the original Ralph McQuarrie designs have always been floating around uh, since since um, uh, you know since since the dawn of when Star Wars became a hit in the summer of 1977. Um, and, and they were immediately featured in, in magazines that were coming out, um, that you would get on the newsstand. The most popular of these was a magazine called Starlog and Starlog was far and away kind of the name your best site that you, that you, um, that you visit the most for the most reliable place that you go get your news. And that was Starlog, except Starlog came out once a month And it was always in my local grocery store or the bookstore when we went to the mall. Now, the thing is, it wasn't in my budget to buy Starlog. Starlog was a $2 magazine. It was slick. It was really well-produced. Kudos. I think the people who made Starlog also made Fangoria and a number of other magazines. But um, Starlog was my jam because they always got uh, set photos. The first time we, as a fandom, saw footage from Hoth, um... In 1979, in, 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 you know, the... The fall and winter of 1979, in anticipation of Empire Strikes Back, we saw those photos in Starlog magazine, and of course they give you a glimpse as the cover to make sure that you buy it. In my case, I would immediately peel off from my mom when I got to the drugstore, or to the, the grocery store, and to the bookstore and go straight for the news, the magazine rack, and I would read the article and consume and try and you know remember the pictures as well I can. There are no smartphones; we are not carrying cameras to chronicle pictures and visuals that we like again this is 1979 that these preview pictures are coming out so but we are seeing the rebels in their snow gear we are seeing the snow troopers that was the big revelation that the stormtroopers actually change the way they look depending on the environment which is a big deal in between star wars and empire strikes back but um they've got they had a shot of star uh, vader walking through the ice base on hoth and again just references that we didn't quite know of when you first saw Dagobah and the reveal of Yoda, it was in a Starlock, okay? Well these Ralph Macquarie original um uh original viewings of of the uh of of the of the of the Star Wars, um, they were printed in those early Star Wars magazines almost from the outset in in, in just Lucasfilm wisely feeding them content that, that that they know would be consumed by people like Rob Liefeld, all the Rob Liefelds of the world all the little the, the, the at this point again uh so when Star Wars comes out I'm nine so so my 10 11 12 years is when I am anticipating Empire Strikes back the sequel and that is when I'm gobbling up all of this what did you look like when you were 11 how'd you feel you know when you see an 11 year old now and a 12 year old and you and you as I do on signings does it absolutely just blow your mind to believe that you were once that kid and that's what you looked like when you were consuming all of the stuff that was overwhelming your senses and you could only access it through these magazines there was no internet there were there were no websites there's no social media again just t- dial it all back you know uh, pay phones were the ways that when you were in another locale and you had to make a phone call that is what you did you fed money into a pay phone and you made a call again just totally wanting you to understand the importance of getting glimpses of this well these Ralph McQuarrie original um original sketches which uh you know um w- which depict how these characters look in this uh in in this visualization that that that's that that George Lucas has written with the Jedi Bendu and the Star Wars the Star Wars not Star Wars and Anakin Starkiller. and uh these original sketches show the headgear a little heavier a little more actually kirby-esque in my estimation in these ralph macquarie drawings the chest plates the 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 uh the uh, all of the the knee guards the shoulder pads the harnesses the straps um it, it, it shows how han solo was a giant lizard uh, uh you know looking dude and uh um you know, now now you're like, well, life, I'm up on this. They, they they used a lot of these looks in in Rebels. When they scaled back, they took a lot of that Macquarie and a lot of that. Of course they did. You know, I'm aware of all of that. But for this purpose of the Star Wars and one of the most famous, famous early um, shots in 1977 when they were putting out content and showing you the kind of the, how they got to the final product on Star Wars, there's a famous Ralph Macquarie drawing of a, what we thought at the time was Luke Skywalker facing off against an early rendition of Darth Vader. And the Luke Skywalker has like a full-on gas mask on with pipes coming out of it and tubes. And um, it is so, it always caught my attention. You know, it, it, it blew me away. The reason I am focused on this is that, you know, eventually, guys, they made toys of this stuff. And the Hasbro Ralph McQuarrie editions um, which is the, the Ralph Macquarie concept collection uh I don't know when these came back in uh, I, I want to say 2009 I want to say uh but I am looking at them all right now and these original versions of these figures and some of them hit San Diego the year they came out in uh in and they, they hit San Diego in the form of uh of a, a couple of two packs and my I was 30 years old at the time had to be 30 years old my mind was absolutely blown away that I could now hold 3d renderings of of this stuff that I could hold like like plastic characters of the Ralph Macquarie um, you know uh, uh, designs as 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 action figures and you know they are among my favorites. I bought two packs one that I that I don't take out. One that that I did take out and 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 study and look at and and uh, and, and 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 you know uh, examine and just really there was just a sense of absolute bewildering, um just just bewildering over the fact that these existed that the stuff that I looked in Star War in star in Starlog magazine in 1978 1979 these Ralph McQuarrie designs and the way they had to me a lot more Jack Kirby look Jack Kirby and the New Gods came out in in 1970 this guy um, George Lucas will I believe cop to the fact that uh Dark side the fourth world the 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 source which in 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 the in the fourth world they're all battling over control of this power called the source not the force but whether it's dark side or Ryan Light, Ray, you know uh, Isaiah um, I feel like all of this had some impact it wasn't the sole impact uh, Star Wars is, is drawn so much from uh, a, a, a a famous um Japanese film which we'll get to uh, uh, mention called The Hidden Fortress and and this original The Star Wars really bears a lot more um, uh, uh, it, it, uh, it, it bears more resemblance to that um, but anyway uh, back to the characters meeting up with this new version of Han Solo who's more of a lizard um, he's an old friend of Kane Starkiller and he charters them a freighter off world and it contains an individual named Valorum. And while escaping from Imperial Patrols, uh Kane Starkiller dies, sacrificing himself to save everyone. Valorum is revealed as a Sith Knight. <clears throat> and uh, they escape from the Sith Knight Valorum, stealing an Imperial ship. The protagonists um, of 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 Leia and now Anakin and uh and Han Solo are chased through an asteroid field they land on the wookiee homeworld they align with the Wookiees. and uh anyway uh leia is recaptured by imperial forces she's taken into the space fortress uh they rush back to Aquilae to save leia anakin um dons stormtrooper armor which is you know similar to when luke dons his stormtrooper armor to infiltrate he is captured a uh darth vader is looming off 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 kind of screen in the script and he orders Valorum to engage and kill Starkiller. Starkiller Valorum has a change of heart and instead sets Starkiller free. Starkiller rescues Leah they escape uh, and the elder Luke Skywalker leads again he's an older man he looks like he's 45 this entire again he's the mentor to Anakin Starkiller. Different dynamics here. Um, He leads a squadron of fighters that are flown by the Wookiees to destroy the Space Fortress. Um, they return to Aqualay and Leia appoints Anakin Starkiller, the Lord Protector of Aquilae, okay? Now, everything that I just shared with you in the Star Wars, okay, very much Knights of the Old Republic vibe, way before, you know, you or enjoying it deemed as Knights of the Old Republic. But the design elements, this original Ralph McQuarrie drawing, these sketches showing how badass these characters looked. This was what I call the last genius of the Dark Horse Publishing Initiative. Dark Horse lost the light. Dark Horse had the publishing of Star Wars for about 20 years, maybe 20 plus years. It was in play back in 1998, 1999. There, there was a, you know, they had come up For a reevaluation, I know Wildstorm, I know other studios uh, uh, auditioned because Lucasfilm held an auditioning process. And uh, I know that people like Travis Charae were uh, commissioned to do work, to submit uh, for the audition process in order for Wildstorm to win this, um, to win uh, Star Wars. They were one of many, many who were auditioning at the time. Dark Horse, ultimately, whatever they did, they made a strong play. They retained it. They retained it for almost the next, you know, another 13, 14 years. Well, Marvel, who had started the publication of the Star Wars licensing, you know, comic book initiative back in 1977 won that. It's, it's, I, I've got a couple great podcasts on this, how Stanley was not convinced this was going to work, had to be talked into it, and it ultimately saved Marvel's ass from going out of business because of the millions of dollars the the star wars comic books pumped into them i mean it's just one of the greatest it just follows the whole theme of how star wars just came true for everybody who decided to back it well marvel now disney having bought uh, lucasfilm in you know in the early 2010 2011 2012 that era right around the time they were buying marvel they are going to inevitably take this back and put it under their own banner. They're not going to license it out anymore. It was only a matter of time. So they announced that Marvel is getting the license back. Marvel is going to be launching Star Wars again under their imprimatur, and it will be leaving Dark Horse Publishing. It will be now back at Marvel where kids like myself fell in love with it. There was a, There's a lot of nostalgia there, and uh, Marvel really took it all the way to the bank and, and did an exceptional job. But Dark Horse announces that one of their last projects is going to be the adaptation of The Star Wars, true to the designs and and the, the content that George did in his early draft. J.W. Rinsler uh, is no longer with us. He is beloved. He did, if you have the coffee table books, as I do, of the making of Star Wars, the making of Empire Strikes Back, the making of Return of the Jedi. He also did the making of Planet of the Apes a few years ago. They are the most... Um, uh, uh, In-depth uh, examinations of the process of putting those movies together, down to the script developments, the casting, the production decisions, the financial woes, the 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 stuff that that you know at some point, especially on Empire Strikes Back, was 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 exerting a ton of leverage over George Lucas. Um, he comprehensive, beautiful books. They are beautiful, beautiful books. I was hoping that we were going to get some. Rinsler and apparently there is a Force Awakens making of, but it was scrapped because I think it, it it reveals more of the making of the sausage than they wanted to, so it was scrapped immediately. It was actually solicited, people expected it, it was on a schedule, and then it was disappeared. So that body of work, maybe in in later years to honor J. W. Rinsler, who I don't know how you don't put him as one of the greatest super fans of all time, but he delivered these books to us chronicling the history of Star Wars. He wrote the comic books um, the 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 comic books of the Star Wars that 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 Dark Horse produced eight individual issues it is such a handsome hardcover I love the hardcover and Mike Mayhew who is a, a great artist we don't get enough of really does an Alex Ross level job. Uh, illustrating, and I mean that with as the highest possible con If you want photorealistic art and some spectacular storytelling, cinematic, uh, every frame is cinematic. Mike Mayhew adapted The Star Wars with J.W. Rensler over eight issues, and it came out in 2013 to 2014. It was Dark Horse's last hurrah before the license was lost to Marvel. Um, I was giddy as I have ever been consuming this product. Uh, J.W. Rinsler was quoted as saying, I am having a blast adapting George Lucas' prototypical ideas into sequential storytelling. It is a dream task to bring to life Anakin Starkiller, General Luke Skywalker, the first Sith Knights, a space fortress that has attacked twice, Imperial Troopers on Dune Birds, the very first Princess Leia from the planet Aquilae, and so much more in the Star Wars. So, uh... Again, this came to life as a brilliant, brilliant, um, uh, you know, uh, comic book miniseries, and I cannot, again, recommend more that you would grab, uh, the hardcover or the individual issues, whichever is more affordable, or maybe there's a digital component. But the, the the again the toys came out before they decided to make a comic. Hasbro made the Ralph based on the Ralph McQuarrie because the, again when when you saw these original drawings, you would have thought that the Ralph McQuarrie that that's Obi Wan and that's Chewbacca. No, that's the Chewbacca looking guy is Han Solo. the The elder guy with the beard is is Luke. Skywalker who is General Lou Skywalker who's who teaches our young ponytailed hero Anakin Starkiller. It is a fabulous it, it's not a reimagining, it's a preimagining. It's the first you know version of these characters that we we, we, we grew to love. Uh, JW. Rinsler wrote, At the time that while researching, this is J.W. Rensler, while researching in the Lucasfilm archives, I have found so many treasures, but one that truly astounded me was this first rough draft of The Star Wars. This is George Lucas' first complete imaginings. They are hallucinating to read, mind-blowing. While working with George, putting together this project, I once asked if we could adapt his rough draft. He was hesitant. Years later, with Dark Horse's invaluable influence, we showed him some drawn and colored pages as a proposal of what this would look like. And he finally gave us the okay to move forward. The Star Wars, General Luke Skywalker, a lizard reptilian Han Solo. Um, Anakin Starkiller is our young, and you'll definitely, you know, you, you, you'll see a little of the seeds of the, of the Anakin that we eventually saw, but all of the percolating ideas, it, it's like a, it's like a what if it's like a, uh, it's like a, a a alternate reality Star Wars from what we knew. I love it. I love the costuming. I love the the, the face guards, the different armors. It stylistically is very much different than what we received. The Han Solo with the vest and the gunslinger, the the Luke Skywalker with his robes, the 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 the, the robes of Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean. Darth Vader is more intact than any other character, but the others are all like they came from Jack Kirby's Fourth World. And I love headgear, I love gear. Period. Uh, knee guards, shoulder pads, harnesses, straps, um, <laughs> and also Luke has a cape. Luke, General Luke Skywalker has a kind of a, 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 a you know a, a, a cape that he that he wears. Anyway, so much fun. Such a great concept. Uh, when I got the script in '99, I was glued to it. I loved how how much it uh, it uh, uh, you know re- resembled and did not resemble um, uh, you know the 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 original um, uh, uh, product that we got that I loved so much as a kid. Again, remember I looked at my birthday uh, a couple of months back uh, to see what album was number one on my birthday those little weird internet things and I, and when I saw that Star Wars was number one in October 3rd of 1977 it blew my mind it did not go away it never left the theaters it never stopped being number one that is an absolute you know do not doubt for one minute how absolutely resonant this um that, that, that Star Wars continues to be for for you for your kids for me Okay. For you who I'm talking to, you're thirty-eight. For me, uh, you know, I'm fifty-four. And and our kids and our, our, our teenagers and eight year olds, they all are electrified. I have friends with who 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 who's ten year olds. They love Star Wars. It has definitely been passed down. It is the mythology, the legend, or as Vin Diesel would say, the mythology <clears throat> the mythology, the mythology. Um, I love when he he, he used that quite a bit when he was selling Riddick because it had been the code word for cool, like Lord of the Rings was a mythology, Harry Potter was a mythology, so now Riddick was a mythology. I think now the the mythology is is Fast and the Furious, I guess. But anyway, love them all. Love them all, seen them all, paid for all. If you love Star Wars the way I love Star Wars and you are not familiar with the Star Wars, you should check it out. You're going to dig it. Um, I don't know that Star Marvel has reprinted it. I don't know if they have plans to. It was the last great centerpiece. Dark Horse knew they were losing the license. They wanted to do something special. They finally got the rights to do the original screenplay in its original form. And I'm telling you, it is a blast. I pull out the the hardcover. is nice. I mean, eight issues is a lot of content. And they, it's, a, it's a really nice, juicy um Hardcover, I guarantee you, if you are a casual fan, you will like it. If you are a dedicated fan, you will like it. And the action figures, which predate it, getting those Ralph McQuarrie, um, more fourth-world generation uh, uh, Star Wars characters as they are depicted literally was one of the true, like, gasp thrills of my life. I didn't know it was coming out. And when I had them and when I held them, I was just electrified. So, guys, we covered comic book stories. Some like, of my comic book uh, uh, stories of times past as I get ready to go and be a part of this epic New York Comic Con return after the pandemic. If you are in the area, I look forward to seeing you. We have some fun stuff coming up um, on the podcast. I hope you guys are excited about what's to come. I am excited about giving it to you. So um, look, guys, thank you once again for hanging with me and, 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 and just in, enjoying Uh, the the madness that is this insane podcast. I do want to thank you, always, always thank you for these generous, amazing reviews that you guys keep leaving for me. And uh, um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to read two of the reviews that you guys have left. The reviews are so important to us. Your reviews, your ratings, your subscriptions, your word of mouth, thank you so much. Uh, This is from uh, Red... This is sent to me by someone called the Macho Show, and again, for you who don't know, um, the the uh, Richard Anderson, not Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Anderson played Oscar Goldman on Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman, and in the Six Million Dollar Man Bionic Woman documentary, which comes with the box set, he is quoted <clears throat> as one time, and I've played the clip on my Instagram story and my you and and on my Facebook, but it's like we, we were a Macho Show. And he says it just like well, um, Oscar as Oscar Goldman, Richard Anderson as Oscar Goldman, had a very authoritative voice, and so I'm not doing it justice. But it's a it's a lower register for sure, for sure. Oh Lee Majors, Majors, he calls him Majors. But he said, "Oh, we're a macho show. We're a macho show." and he talks about how physical the show was and, and the, t- at the show at the time of 74, 75, 76, 77, how, you know, it was a macho show. So I've said that multiple times. I feel like Image Comics made <laughs> macho comics. It was a macho comic. Okay, so... Uh, The Macho Show has left this review, and it says, Rob, it was great listening to your interview with Eric Larson, hearing two image founders together. Your friendship and respect sincerely came across to the audience. Also, your recommendations are always spot on. Sincerely. The Macho Show. Thank you, The Macho Show. Thank you. Your reviews and, and your ratings and, and and leaving those high ratings for us is so important in the world of, of the podcasts and our placement and our, our the way that people find us. Thank you so much. um Matt McIntosh uh, left a real quickie. Love it. Thank you. Says, This will make you love comics more. That is the title of his review. Uh, 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 It says, Rob Observations is a rarity in the world of podcasts. A host that has in-depth knowledge of the subject, is an undisputed titan in the field. Thank you, sir. And is entertaining to boot. Simply put, if you love comics, you will love this podcast. Thank you, Matt McIntosh. You guys, I appreciate it so much. Continue to spread the word. Share this podcast with your friends. I love the recommendations. When you guys give me a recommendation or a review, I read it here on the show at the end of every episode. I am I will retweet your, um, your support. I thank you so much. If you hear those horns and those honks, I am in New York City in my hotel room jamming with this podcast right now, about to head over to the New York Comic Con. Here's the deal. I'm all over social media. I'm on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. I am on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Both have blue checks to know that it is truly me that you are interacting with. I appreciate you guys so, so very much. Thank you for your continued support. This is the time of the show where you confirm to me, and I believe you, and you know, come on guys, you're going to take care of yourselves. You're going to take care of yourselves, and you're going to stay safe out there, and we will talk again real soon.